0: this little light of my welcome to the witness to love podcast where we discuss the transforming power of authentic witnesses and community that marriages and families create for our church and world i'm mary rose verrett
1: and i'm ryan verrett we are a catholic married couple seeking to draw other married couples closer to christ we release a podcast every third thursday of the month thank you for tuning in we're so glad you are here
0: Welcome back to the Witness to Love podcast. We're so excited that you're here with us today, and that we have some wonderful guests with us, Jen and Don Bragger. And uh, we got introduced to them through the Sisters of Life.
1: Yeah, the Sisters of Life have been uh, good friends of ours, Mother Agnes. We love the way uh, the sisters open up their homes to support um, young families in need, young moms in need, and a similar way. Similar way, Witness to Love is is about kind of opening the doors of the domestic church for. For marriages and for just for people to see what um, life is really like and marriages like and families like, so it's great to have uh, mutual friends through the sister, sister Jennifer and Don Bracker.
0: And we can, if y'all could just share a little bit about uh, just uh, where you where you live and uh, what your background is, and and we're just we're so grateful to have you on the show. And just a side note to our listeners, uh, when we were kind of discerning, you know, every month is a discernment who to invite to have on our, our podcast. We asked Mother Agnes with the Sisters of Life and said, Mother Agnes, think of all the couples you know who, who might have a beautiful witness to share, a conversation to share with other couples uh, that are going through witness to love or listening to the witness to love podcast and uh y'all were the first couple she recommended so we said <laughs> we need to talk to them and it's been such a wonderful conversation so uh, welcome in now please uh, just uh share a little bit about yourselves
2: yeah uh so uh my name is don and um i'm a a, a software engineer uh, by trade uh uh, Jen and I live in beautiful central New Jersey (laughs) so uh we have we have uh four uh lovely children uh uh two boys and two girls um we've been married for 24 years now uh so it's 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 been a it's been a fun ride
3: Uh, and my name is Jennifer and I'm um i um, a professor in North Jersey, and I um, teach leadership, leadership development, teams, motivation, that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: and, and that's, y'all have such a, just a beautiful story, and, and I just when when you were sharing the first time we spoke about sort of leadership and teams, and we just, Ryan and I were talking, we just said, oh my goodness, like for couples, it's so easy to get off course, it's so easy to Uh, not be a team. It's so easy to do things my way or to do things the way I've always done it. And, and even when we're being a team, sometimes it's kind of only surface deep, you know, and uh, so maybe if if you could share uh, just with us, maybe just talk about today, just ways that couples could really just do a better job of being a team and why it's so important.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's, that's a great topic. Like, I, I, you know, we're we're so accustomed, I think, to to working in teams. You know, in all the different aspects of our life, you know, whether it be sports or be at work, you know, we're kind of used to being part of the team. But I, I think like in the context of marriage, it's it's really much more powerful than uh, than perhaps we're accustomed to. And 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 as such, the things that we we do in teams, you know, like things like communication and collaboration. It just has to you know it requires being taken to the next level you know so like uh you know when we're when i'm working at work with 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 my teams and we're collaborating on a project um you know we're not sharing everything about ourselves right but the the mission that we're on i think in in marriage uh really calls us to a level of uh intimacy or depth in in communication that, you know, can be, uh, you know, it's definitely a new a new challenge in the beginning for sure.
3: And I think like in my, in my field, when we talk about teams, we talk about like the level of interdependency of the teams. And so a lot of teams in the workplace, they work together and there's some interdependency like on the tasks, like you need different things, but uh, you know, in, a, in marriage as a team or a family as a team, you know, with, with your children, I mean, the level of interdependency is just so great that, um, it's hard to unwind the strands where you might be able to do that more in a work team. Like you can see your your role ends here or my role ends here. And so I might help you out a little bit. Um, but um, but my everything that I am and everything that I do and all the outcomes are not dependent on that interdependency like they are mm-hmm. in a marriage as a team. And um, one of the ways we talk about measuring or we talk about measuring success in teams like um, in terms of, um, performance outcomes, you know, whether you reach goals um, or whether you have a good process um, or whether or whether the team members can continue to work together. Um, and, I, and I think those things are all important. Um, but I think that in marriage, if you don't have a good process, then you're not going to be able to continue to work together. So you can start off with marriage and kind of look at and look and go. Oh, we're, we're we're reaching the outcomes. You know, we're we're having the kids when we want to. We're reaching our <laughs> career goals. We're doing this and that kind of stuff. But like, if and and you might do that without putting God at the helm. But if if you if you don't got at the helm then you're not going to come up with a process that allows you to continue we call it viability uh continue to work together as a team in the future so
1: wow <laughs> you said something really interesting it reminded me of a, a some basic psychology that i had or a, a little bit advanced but uh i remember this uh, professor saying that uh this sort of these three stages social stages for us we go from a, um, an initial experience of dependence as children uh, to uh, a must kind of second step of uh, independence and a uh, sort of adolescence and those young, young adult years but it's crucial that um we move into what you said you know a kind of interdependence I remember a story that came comes to mind well, early on our first first year of marriage I, remember was, I think we're having looking back it was definitely a challenging first pregnancy <laughs> and uh with a premature. and you know, it, you know it just thank god the kids are fine yeah. but you know, it was challenging and I remember um the, uh, I don't think we weren't anticipating emergency C-section <laughs> kind of stuff like that, but it was obviously God was part of the whole thing. But I remember for the first time, like really being tired, you know, like trying to just make all the other pieces fit. Obviously we just had one at a time, but I remember one time I hit the floor, uh, my feet hit the floor and getting out of the bed and it dawned on me and God just put in my heart that um, either today is going to be about me or today's going to be about us. And I just kind of had to decide. Right. In that Great. first year of marriage. And it was something that, you know, people can tell you things, but um, how do you, how do you, um, you know, how do you, with some encouraging words, you know, for, for those of us, you know, especially some of the younger marriages in those early years trying to go from, you know, because this, the, the wedding vows don't move you into, into interdependence, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, more of a,
0: it's
3: not a magic wand.
1: So what, what do you, how do you, can you, can you speak to that, that important part there, I guess?
3: You know, it's funny because I just recently, uh, in the last couple of years, a few of my closest friends are actually going through divorces, mm. which is hard. And one of my closest friends I talked to almost every day. And one of the things that we talked about is the fact that um, she actually, she and her husband got together early and they had a, a baby and then they got married. And one of the things they, she talks about is that they started these patterns early on where, where she kind of... Um, covered for him a lot I think um she 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 kind of they or they had more defined roles maybe he was he was he like he did certain things about working and stuff but she the the child care thing um was much more her domain and and so in that domain she covered for him a lot and um because we were talking about it actually with respect to my my daughter we have a daughter that's 21 and Um, about her relationships and watching our kids enter relationships, too, and I was saying, like, sometimes I feel like my oldest daughter expects a lot of her boyfriend, and my friend said, you know, that's the thing is that in terms of, again, getting back to the whole team thing, is that you can have your defined roles, and you can have your task performance, you know, what, again, you have, you do this, I do this, etc., but um unless you're kind of there to cover for each other when the other one's not making it, like Don always says it's like easy to get mad in marriage because you're like, I'm working at hundred percent of what I can work at. And so you can't be working at that hundred percent. But the truth is you both can be, and some stuff is still not getting done. You know what I mean? So it's like almost trying to understand each other's minds and like to really try to understand each other's perspective and go, okay, well, this is where my role ends, but in marriage, there has to be like, again, that level of interdependency where I step into your role when when, um, when when you're not able to, or when you're over okay. <laughs> So,
1: So, it, and it's okay to feel comfortable. Com- I remember this saying, somebody said, you know, single people are sad and married people are just mad. So you have to kind of just <laughs> <laughs> decide what your DNA a bit wired to. And But, you know, I guess it's, you know, getting a little mad and kind of push come to shove. it's It, it, it gets us out of the, that independent zone and, right, right. Uh,
3: and and, 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 and then the maybe, yeah, it pushes us. Uh, one of the things that I study, I research is something, it's an actually developmental term. It's not really an organization's developmental psychology, which is um, called theory of mind. And it's um, how we understand others' thoughts, kind of similar to empathy, but empathy is how we understand others' feelings. So a lot of times somebody, you can look at somebody and you can say, I've been that mad before, I've been that this, but we don't know where they're, coming from cognitively and it's getting behind there and being able to kind of really understand like and and i think that you know it can kind of be hard because men and women sometimes do think in different ways um and they can also communicate in different ways that's Mm -hmm. something that that don and i have really like sometimes when he's feeling most emotional his communication will be much more abrupt um, and, and especially when <laughs> of me, he'll, he'll say things, he'll be like, well, then they can do this or they can do that. And I'll be and I'll, you know, cause I'll come to him and I'll be like frustrated about something and he's getting defensive for me. But then, and because he feels that hurt, then, then sometimes our emotions can shut down our language a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've learned to kind of understand like when he's talking that way, it doesn't mean that he, that's not necessarily exactly what he's trying to say. Um, and he does the same for me. So I guess that's something over over marriage. We've kind of over our learn years one from, another's
2: language, right? right learning, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's
3: which it sounds pop psychology, but sometimes, um, sometimes one of the things I've, as somebody who publishes in academia um, and who has a lot of colleagues who are somewhat, um, um, I don't want to say jealous, but they they get a little bit uh, ticked off because they'll find people out there who are spouting what we do, but they're making a lot more money at it in, <laughs> in the popular world. And, and, and but the thing is sometimes when we simplify things for each other, that's when we actually begin to understand. And then you can go, it's not It's not that the thoughts are complex, it's that the, um, the thoughts are really complex, but we have to be able to s- kind of simplify them to get them out to one another. So sometimes we, we try to start there, you know, with trying to understand how each other's, are, each other are feeling. And,
2: and, and I think, you know, to, to Ryan, to your point about, like, you know, the stages of growth and kind of, you know, ultimately, hopefully going into a, a sense of inter, interdependence. Um, and, and something that uh, Jen touched on, too, is that I think that it's a good practice to foster a sense of gratitude, like mm-hmm. in your heart, right? And recognize the sacrifices that the other is making for you or for the family, right? Because we're all really in touch very intimately with our own sacrifices <laughs> you know right you know that's that's not the hard part at all but i think one of the, the the slipperiest slopes is to fall victim to that mindset of i'm working so much harder right as jen pointed out and and i think that with with some with some effort to to foster like i know this is really hard on me too but i recognize you know you know all the things that Jen is doing uh, for this as well, right? And it and it, it becomes it gets exacerbated like when you feel like you're not really above water sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I think that that's just important thing to have is that that moment of reflection that and, and that purposely trying to well up a gratitude, you know, for for people in your life. And
3: the, and the best way I've found to do that for my life is. And this took me a lot of years into marriage to do just the daily prayer. Like um, um, somebody who does, somebody who does very well what I um, just said about simplifying things, taking hard points and simplifying them is Matthew Kelly. Um, and um, so I used to read his books and feel a little bit—I don't know—I guess, oh my gosh, he, he does—he doesn't—he um, hasn't gotten into certain higher levels of theology. And then I realized he really had, and he was bringing them down for people to to talk and. And the, the, what, what he, he has a really great prayer process where that, like you said, starts with gratitude and then moves to kind of like where God's working in your life. It's based on Ignatius stuff, but he simplifies it. And um, I think part of that is me doing that every day, going through that process of gratitude. Um, and then where's God talking to me? What could I be doing better? Um, and then praying for other people and thanking God is kind of his steps generally. Um, has, has, he says it will change your life and it really has changed my life in mo- multiple ways. But one way is that now when I say thank you after doing this for a couple of years, praying this way, praying daily for a few years now, um, which didn't come early in my marriage. Um, I always prayed, but it wasn't as consistent or as, um, but one of the things that comes from that is that um, I'm starting to be able to thank God for things that are challenging or hard because I see how they make me grow. And part of that, I think, comes, part of being able to understand that comes from, I study leadership development and, and how people develop as teams and leaders is really through challenge, mm-hmm. through change, through pushing ourselves beyond our comfort level. Um, and and so I'm able to see those challenges as things that are making our family grow. And, and then also part of what that prayer has allowed me to do is like, see that in this, see my family kind of in the the same way, like just, um, you know, you love your family so much, but then sometimes you feel you can go around when you're doing the day-to-day stuff, which is what makes everything kind of form and what it's all hinged on. You can feel like I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. And it's not until like um, well, we just recently watched Karate Kid. Rewatched it with that new uh, TV show on, <laughs> and it's it's kind of like the idea of you're learning these little moves that are actually putting the whole picture together. So by learning to be, by doing all this cleaning for my kids, or taking care of them this way, or taking care of them that way, yes, we're we're helping our children. We're doing we're loving our children in action. But wow. God gives us our children not just for our children, but to develop, to develop us as a team, as, as, as part of us. And so like, that's something that helps me have greater gratitude, even for my family.
1: Jen, that's so, God, so. Have
3: <laughs> you ever thought about God probably gave us each one of these kids to work on every single nerve? <laughs> yeah, no, I love that.
1: I just, I think, I love what you're tapping into. I think uh, we, the, the sacrament, the vocation of matrimony is 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 a, is a is a beautiful thing and it's meant to be sort of transformative and but it's all the the little details all the you know the, the things that challenge us the things that distract all, all that stuff and the opportunities for growing is what is transformative this little acts of, of service and uh, yes. it's just beautiful to hear another someone else kind of talk about that um because it's something that's that's available for every marriage yes you know?
0: And, uh, you know, I, I won't say which one of our children's names, but if you've ever met our kids, you probably know who I'm talking about. But we do have one particular child that like is, she, she is the life of the party. She is so much fun, but she has a will, a will of steel. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> um, you know, if if we had the other four and not just this one, I, I think we would think we were like the bomb.com parents, but and, and all figured out, which we don't. But this one particular, child is just, uh, I wouldn't say it's orange sharpening iron. It's like, uh, uh, steel wool on a chalkboard.
1: Um, but,
0: uh, it's so funny the other day, I was so upset and so frustrated. And she just, you know, trying to wake up the baby and try to do this and try and do that and wanted this and nothing was happening. Wouldn't wear that outfit. I mean, it was just like thing after thing after thing where I just was like, Oh my gosh. And, uh, and I said, what do I do? What do I do to like, you know, uh, you know, make you listen. And she said, you go over there and you pray to God and ask him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I and, said, she was serious. and she
0: was serious. And she said, right there. And I, I, did. I got down on my knees and I said, dear God, please to listen and be a good kid. She comes over to me and she said, did it work? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't know. We're going to find
3: out. Yeah, we um, call them Saint Maker kids, right? <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah,
1: that's just, that's about six thirty in the morning.
3: Yeah, so, you know, yeah that's
1: just not even We up had all day yet. to
0: work on it. <laughs> uh, but in a similar way, I think God also, you know, He gives us our, sp- you know, our spouse is complementary to, it. you know, this mm-hmm. complementary, mm-hmm. but that compli- complimentarity complementarity necessarily includes exactly what you're saying that ability to give and take that ability to like be strong when the other is weak the ability to um you know pitch in when you need to pitch in and, and uh, I remember when we first got married uh we, we had one prenuptial agreement and the prenuptial agreement was Ryan would never have to go grocery shopping
1: <laughs> I don't like shopping at all that's so, so.
0: funny because he loves to grocery shop so. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'm here to tell everyone who has that as their prenuptial agreement, it won't last. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice? so uh, <laughs>
3: exactly.
0: After, after the first baby was born and, you know, home from the hospital and, like, all the friends bringing, uh, you know, lunch and dinner had dried up and the fridge was looking pretty sparse. Uh, Ryan, with a lot of resolve, said, I guess I need to go to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> and he came home with margarine, not butter. And I was very.
1: <laughs> my potatoes came out of a box. I didn't know you really had to fill them. I didn't <laughs> Great. So,
0: but I guess, so Ryan now has a new admiration and uh, reverence for my ability to shop and yeah. come home with the right things. And
1: I understand the role of butter now. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, but I, I just, I love what you shared. And maybe just uh, as we're uh, beginning to wrap up, just one sort of, I guess, additional question is, so, you know, in, in the workplace, you know, if you have a team and you're working on a project and, you know, you're collaborating, you're working together, like when you're, uh, you know, that there's ways of sort of staying on task and staying on focus for the project. But, but in marriage, if you don't know what the goal is, and the goal is uh, the cheat sheet for everyone, you know, the goal is getting to heaven together with your yeah. team. Now, um, uh, if you don't know that heaven's the goal, it's going to be hard to get there. Um, but, but how can, as a couple, uh, like being a team, how can we kind of have those, uh, maybe those check-ins, you know, how, like a team has check-ins, right? They have like their 90-day goals or they have their um, you know, time management system. There's ways of, of meeting goals. What would you say maybe are the top two or three ways of a couple staying on track, staying on focus, if heaven is the goal?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting question you said, because, uh, you know, we have, both of our parents have, are, are, are still married. We're blessed with that, and, and in different ways, have very good marriages, but, um, um, I think we learned mostly what to do from our parents and in, in, in some small little ways, maybe little things we wanted to do differently. Um, and the thing is, is the, the one thing, um, and like, like you said, um, couples are, tend to be complementary. They tend to have strengths without one has weaknesses. The, the one thing is that I think just um, early on in our marriage, like we were kind of different from like his parents in that we didn't uh, argue as a matter of fact his his um brother said at our uh, he was his brother's best man he talked at our marriage and he said these two don't argue i don't i don't know why you know and um because he and his wife had a different process and um and the thing is i think i think i think i think for a long time we felt a lot of pride in not arguing that much and um Yet, I think, I think at some level you need to uh, learn how to civilly disagree, and that's one thing I think that looking around our world today is one of the big issues. Um, uh, Father Barron has, uh, I think he has a guy uh, named Albert Brooks on his uh, Word on Fire stuff, um, who, who's, who's at Harvard now and wrote a book called Love Your Enemies that's kind of about learning to Um, disagree with people that we love and agree with people that we see dissimilar. And I think like in our spouses, you have both of those things and that (laughs) you come from different parents and stuff. So you have to learn how to love in them what you disagree with or what you, you know, and you're also different genders. and, And then you have to learn how to disagree with things. You know, that was one thing that we had to learn throughout because we didn't argue early on. We had to learn how to civilly Disagree, because the first times we, when we first started to disagree, and when you, when your kids, if you don't have it when they're babies. You're going to have it when they're adolescents. Let me tell you, you're going to disagree. You're going to fight, and you just have to learn how to do it. While, like I said, getting back to like trying to come from the other, so almost like being able to just take rides is one of the things. Um, drive places is one of the things that we do. We, I mean, in, in COVID, it's even more because we can't even go anywhere a lot <laughs> of times. So we just take drives together once every couple weeks, or walks. We take a lot of walks. Um, because I think early on in marriage, we also talk too much out in front of our kids. So we, we do it away from them just to like, kind of touch base on things that we are seeing eye to eye on and things that we may not be seeing eye to eye on and learning how to talk it through, I guess. So, Mm so regular talks like that.
2: Yeah. And I I think, think, oh, sorry, Mm -hmm. go ahead.
3: Oh, no, no,
0: that encouragement to find things like there, just to just accept there are going to be things you disagree on
3: mm-hmm. and to find
0: a way to civilly have a conversation about it. Because I think when you listen to the other person's point of view, especially, you know, if that's your spouse and, and they're supposed to be getting to heaven with you, um, you know, there there's there's sometimes two different ways of getting to the same conclusion. You know what I mean? Like a resolution okay. to a problem. It's just when you hear, like there's times where Ryan will be like, hey, we should do X, Y, and Z. And I'll be like, huh, I didn't (laughs) realize you're that smart. And I don't mean in a bad way, but I'm like, how could he possibly get to the same conclusion with a different path? Who knew? You know, it was only one way. And so he's he's always like, yeah, not another pretty, just another pretty face. (laughs) Uh, Not just
2: another face in the crow, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No, No, and and, and I think that, uh, you know, uh, uh, a second thing that I, uh, that has, born fruit in 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 us i think uh over the past 10 years or so right is is to actually share that mission right with uh with your your kids right uh with your spouse and i think that and a critical part of that is to you know put your attentions outside of yourself, right? Towards the other. And so we looked long and hard for opportunities that we could, we could serve with our kids, right? With our family. And, and we were blessed to, to discover the Sisters of Life uh, uh, and, and they've provided, uh, you know, just an enormous amount of opportunity to just come as a family. And it doesn't matter if you got a six-year-old in tow you know, he, they could still grab some boxes and move, you know, to carry what they can from one place to the other. But to, to discover that joy of, of serving, I think, put us on a better trajectory, right? If our ultimate goal is, is heaven, you know, uh, with God, right? To, to join in his mission of, like, serving one another, Um it has been a really uh, bonding thing for for the family, you know, such that you wouldn't think that, hey, what are we going to do this Saturday? And it's like, oh, we're going to go to the sisters because they're cleaning out the basement in one of their, you know, and, 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 (laughs) and the kids are just like, you know, you know, we're not necessarily so eager to pick up a mop here. They're just like, oh, okay. All right. We're going there to, you know, like that, 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 unexpected joy that you get from, from, uh, from serving, uh, is, is somewhat contagious. And I think that that sets us on a, on a, on a path to that. in terms of
3: teamwork, it's like, if you look at a team, a team is kind of a group of people trying to reach goals, but the more developed parts of the team are they're, they're kind of have roles to kind of direct and develop the less developed members of the team. So if we look at it that way, you know, when you're, when you're serving together, first of all, part of it is praying together, which is something, you know, we're not a very organized family, but we actually (laughs) consistently pray together at different times. We use different, you know, we, we do the divine mercy with the Franciscan friars. It's on YouTube or we just do, and the kids actually come in at night. Um, if I'm working on my computer, they'll come in and they'll be like, mom, stop working. We're going to say the prayers now. So we've gotten to, I mean, I obviously had to start that, but it's awesome to see them step in or Donna and I had to start it, but see them step in and they, so it's like, the, the followers become the leaders in that cycle in the team, where they get us to do it when we're, when we're overly stressed and we're doing things. And part of it has, goes back to like 100% what you said about the sisters, like finding a place to serve together where we got all of our, where, where our, our thoughts, we tend to think of our job as what we do for our family, but a lot of times our jobs become what we do for us and our egos too. And when we serve with the sisters it, it just gets it's its about other people um and 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 also you're just being you're, you're surrounding you're surrounded by other people who are just have the same goal as you are serving also but are just role models for you so i know i know this sounds like a uh an ad for the sisters and it's just really <laughs> they didn't ask us to do any of that that we're just madly in love with them they're just wonderful but but my my kids have actually said to us like well, we see other people in our, in our town go to church and they, and they go to church and they show up to church and they'll get communion, but they also sit around and judge other people and talk about other people. And they're like, but you and dad, you, you put your money where your mouth is. And let, let me tell you, I'm not perfect. I, it's not like I never got, it's not like But, <laughs> but the serving together makes the kids see this as something authentic and makes them look outside of themselves. And I think it's been a really formational thing with us. With um, oh,
0: it's so beautiful. And I hope that, uh, well, I'm sure that the sisters will be listening to this podcast.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> you know, we love the sisters too. And is that a year ago? Uh, yeah, about a year ago, we, we were up there and we got, uh, uh, Mother Agnes had invited us to New York to present to the sisters for their um, their annual retreat for all the mm-hmm. sisters. And it was to walk into that room with, there must've been 80 or 90 sisters in that room and just the joy and the giggles and the laughter and the love and the candy they gave our kids. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we love them too. They're so wonderful. But I I love that, that idea of just serving as a family together. And um, we just want to thank y'all for being on this podcast and it's just been, it has been a delight and so glad mother Agnes introduced us to you both and same here. Okay. Yeah, no, I just thank, thank you for
1: you. opening up the kind of the doors to the house and we could just kind of hear you <laughs> in a podcast. But, you know, there are, there are uh, Catholic families and Catholic couples all over, you know, the globe now kind of listen, being a part of this and for us to encourage each other and to, to talk about how the Lord is and the grace is working in our lives is is very encouraging and motivating. So thank you for your generosity. and, and
3: Thank you. Generosity.
1: Thank you. Great, It was great to
2: have you. And thank you for inviting us. Yeah, yeah thank,
3: thank you. you so much for inviting right. us. But we, um, we just you. sometimes felt we felt like this was just such a perfect fit because sometimes um so so you know god makes every individual different and every team different and so you know some things that our friends are doing and we're like oh maybe that's not you know you're always wondering why but but as soon as we heard about this we felt it was a a, a really great fit though i'll be honest with you mother agnes asked us to do it so even if we had hated it we <laughs> would do it <laughs>
1: You got you Valentone. Got yes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh, Thank you for, for virtually opening the doors to your domestic church, to uh, all of the Witness to Love family, everyone who's listening to this podcast. And God bless you and keep you and let His uh, light shine upon you. And we look forward to meeting you in person one day soon. God bless you. God be Thank wonderful. you. God Thank bless. you. God bless.
1: This little light of mine Thanks for joining the Witness to Love podcast today. You can learn more about our tools to support God's beautiful vision for your marriage at witness to love.org.
0: Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to connect with you. Share how you and your spouse are being a witness to love in our world. By using Witness to Love movement hashtag on social media, and you'll have a chance to be featured in our stories.
1: Always remember your marriage is called to be a light this in the world. We'll see you next month. May God bless your marriage. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.